Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Monday, November 25th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Voters turned out in record numbers to support Hong Kong's pro-democracy candidates in yesterday's elections. Boris Johnson lays out his 10-year vision for a post-Brexit Britain, and Michael Bloomberg officially launches his 2020 campaign. Then we'll switch gears into mergers and acquisitions, as I check in with the FT's Eric Platt about LVMH's interest in Tiffany's. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Pro-democracy candidates took more than half of the seats in Hong Kong's local council elections yesterday. Now, normally these elections don't get a lot of attention, since Hong Kong district councillors don't have a lot of political power. But with ongoing protests over how much influence China should have over the territory, nearly 3 million people came out to the polls. That's a record voter turnout of more than 71% across all territory-wide elections. And the result was that 283 pro-democracy candidates won seats, versus 32 seats for pro-establishment forces, according to local media reporting at 5 a.m. local time. But the local elections will do little to sway how things are done at the legislative council level, which is Hong Kong's de facto parliament. The results from yesterday's election will only determine 117 of the 1,200 electors who can choose the city's chief executive. Beijing is looking to replace Hong Kong's current chief executive, Carrie Lam, by March. Boris Johnson has a pitch for what life would look like in the United Kingdom after it leaves the EU. That is, with a conservative government. The prime minister released his party's election manifesto on Sunday. It's a 10-year vision for a post-Brexit Britain. It included a promise to get a trade deal done with the EU by the end of next year. There would also be a new immigration system that would cut the number of low-skilled workers coming to the UK. And Mr. Johnson said the Brexit withdrawal agreement would be brought before Parliament before Christmas. Other policy highlights in the manifesto include a promise to raise the number of nurses by 50,000 over the next five years, and a pledge not to increase income tax, national insurance, or value-added tax. Mr. Johnson's 59-page manifesto is considered a stripped-down version that wouldn't jeopardize his commanding lead in the opinion polls. The prime minister has a double-digit lead at the moment. And in American politics, on Sunday, billionaire Michael Bloomberg officially kicked off his U.S. presidential campaign, joining a Democratic primary that already has 17 candidates. Mike Bloomberg for president, jobs creator, leader, problem solver. It's going to take all three to build back a country. That's from Mr. Bloomberg's first campaign video. It emphasized his time as mayor of New York City after 9-11 and how he built his business. His candidacy complicates things a little for the news outlet that carries his name. The editor-in-chief of Bloomberg News announced to staff it would stop running unsigned editorials and would not investigate Mr. Bloomberg or his Democratic rivals. Mr. Bloomberg's campaign video also touched on a series of issues including climate change, gun safety, and health insurance. And here's a story you should know more about. LVMH is set to buy Tiffany & Company for $16.7 billion. Tiffany is more than 180 years old. It reached peak fame with its blue boxes and the film adaptation of Truman Capote's Breakfast at Tiffany's. But the allure has faded over the years. And that 
is where LVMH steps in. The FT's Eric Platt has more. We've known for a while that actually the two have been in talks, and what that did was really skyrocket Tiffany shares. They've been lagging recently. They were able to get Bernard Arnault to bump up his bid. Initially, I believe he bid, if I remember right, it was about $120 a share. Then they raised it to 130 and Tiffany's opened their books for proper due diligence. And then the deal finally agreed is about $135 a share. The company's been struggling a bit. While it's considered this luxury gem in the US, internationally, it's not kind of like ultra high-end jewelry. And they've been hit a bit by, you know, protests in Hong Kong, softer tourist trends in New York. That means sales growth has been a little bit slower. And they've been trying to turn around the brand. And you contrast that with LVMH. It's the world's largest luxury goods maker. It's a powerhouse in that industry. And it's one whose business is far more tilted towards what we call soft luxury, right? We're thinking like handbags, clothing, shoes, compared to Tiffany's, which is hard luxury, right? Think literally diamonds that are mined from the earth. So the pairing of these two is really going to alter the LVMH portfolio and give it a nice shift to hard luxury where it hadn't had a real strong foothold in that area. Eric, can you walk me through the current state of the luxury goods market and how this deal looks in the larger context of the industry? Yeah, so Tiffany, at least in LVMH's eyes, is seen as a turnaround target, right? They need to renovate stores. They want to kind of push the brand into kind of the upper echelons of the luxury world. And that is something that LVMH thinks they are particularly well suited to do. One of the things that will give LVMH is kind of a stronger brand when it wants to really go to battle with Richemont, the Swiss luxury goods group, which has a much stronger business in hard luxury when you're thinking watches again and, you know, diamond rings and jewelry, uh, right? Richemont owns Cartier and a few other brands that have performed really well. And this is a bet by Bernard Arnault, the LVMH CEO, that one, this business is not dead and that there's a big comeback. And when I say dead, I mean that it's not going to be hit by the kind of, you know, consumers shifting away from hard luxury goods at a time when they're thinking about what, whether it's climate change or kind of mass protests in Hong Kong, which is a huge sales base for a lot of these companies, when things like that happen, you might not be going out to buy, maybe you're buying the engagement ring, but you're not going to, you might be thinking twice about, you know, buying the $200,000 diamond necklace. Eric, how might this change the way we know Tiffany, which is such, such an iconic brand? So I think this will have a huge impact on the consumer. And actually, it's going to give the Tiffany's team the resources that they need to actually shift the brand, right? What One of the things they want to do, for, at least from our understanding, LVMH really wants to boost the brand value of Tiffany's, which means think about even more expensive jewelry than the, the retailer is already making. They want to really kind of try to elevate that, put Tiffany's more in competition with a Cartier at the same time. You know, LVMH has really been pushing into what we call experiential. They recently bought a hotel group. There's been talk that Tiffany's has really been wanting to, you know, leverage the breakfast at Tiffany's nostalgia, you know, restaurants, things like that. And so there's the possibility that LVMH might want to really make a push into that with a few flagships that are offering breakfast and tea at Tiffany's so that you're coming into the store more. When you actually think about Louis Vuitton, they do have a really wide range of accessible goods, right? When you think about a wallet there, when we talk about accessible luxury, they're selling it for, you know, maybe three or $400. Um, and then the handbags are at $1,500. But the things that, that are really selling, yeah, it's those leather card holder that only costs $200. Maybe it costs $30 for them to make. And so there's huge markup. I imagine they will 
there will be an expansion of that. Like you'll see far more products out from Tiffany's that are catering to different markets and different consumers because they want to really be hitting it all. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.